Please understand. It is live. Fuck it, we're doing it live. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, we are live. Now yeah, we big literally... scary yellow button there I've never seen before. <laughs> yeah, we literally are live. The live yellow button. So, uh, hello and welcome to Famicast 53, your Famicast for the end of March 2015. I'm your host Danny Bivens, and today I'm joined by Mr. James Charlton. Hi, everybody. <laughs> and a fan favorite, Mr. Cyrus Delaney. I don't have an Irish accent. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, actually, Cyrus, the first time I heard your voice, I, I just assumed you were, like, American. Seriously. Yeah, that's um, my party what? game. Go out and ask, hey, where do you think I'm from? That's pretty <laughs> fun. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, uh, we have another fun-filled episode for you guys. Lots of stuff happening in the news that, you know, we definitely want to get to, but, uh, you know, as usual, we're going to go ahead and start out with some new business, and uh, James, how about you go ahead and kick that off for us today, man? Sure. Why not? Um, so yeah, I've been playing some games, a game for review, and that was a pretty good game, it turned out. It was a Metroid Zero Mission, <clears throat> originally a GBA game, and now on the VC, mm-hmm. obviously the Wii U, because, you know, that's where portable games belong, right? I, absolutely. <laughs> on your massive HD TV. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Yes, no, it's on the Wii U, and uh, yeah, it should be on the GBA, but it's not, because reasons. And yeah, Metro Zero Mission is awesome. It's the one, it's the second GBA one, right? It came out after Fusion, right? which is already on the VC. I think it's on the VC everywhere, isn't it? Fusion? Fusion? Yeah. Fusion, Fusion is, yeah. But this one is yet to come to North America, I think. That's right. Yeah, so I'm playing the European version, and Danny, you played the Japanese version like way long time ago, right? Oh yeah, just over the summertime, and um, yeah, I played it, for, this is my first time ever playing it, I beat it, and then Johnny Metz and I talked about it on uh, an episode of Connectivity back in August, I think. So um, yeah, that was a lot Jesus. of fun. <laughs> yeah. That's a long time ago. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of weird, I, I checked uh, the dates for this thing, so actually originally it was the reverse, um, it came out in Japan last, hmm. like back in the day, mm-hmm. uh, 2000 or whatever. It came out in Japan last, then it came out in Europe, and then uh, yes, America got it actually first. <laughs> so I don't know what is going on. I don't know what kind of bizarre order uh, they're doing for this thing, but anyway. Mm-hmm. Hashtag Reggie sucks. And <laughs> my phone. <laughs> it's an ongoing campaign to suppress all Samus and Met- Metroid stuff. It's usual. That's right, yeah. Yeah, I think uh, Iwata and Reggie are determined to not allow any more Metroid games to be made ever again. So, yeah, please understand. But anyway, um, yeah, Zero Mission is awesome. This is the one with the... um, It's basically the NES game remixed, and, you know, it's got the extra mission at the end in the blue catsuit. 
you know, hence the zero suit Samus, you know, that's where it comes from, this game. Um, that section of the game isn't, is, is, it's all right, but it's not, it's not amazing. Uh, and it's because it's kind of like trying to introduce stealth elements into, um, into Metroid, which doesn't exactly work the way they did it. But, you know, it's kind of an interesting thing to add on at the end anyway. But, uh, yeah, the game itself is awesome, and if you ask me, I don't think the NES originally is very playable these days. In fact, I think it's pretty much unplayable <laughs> these days. It just turns into just like a grind fest. You know, you're just like standing in front of those enemy replicators and just shooting them to get energy back and then, you know, moving on to the next stage and then losing most of your life on, in lava or something like that. And then yeah, it's just annoying as hell. Yeah, I I've never really had a good experience with the game. I never it's not something I grew up with, so I think some people maybe have some kind of like this nostalgic connection to it. So I can see that, but I think comparing yeah. it to any kind of modern day thing, you know, sometimes those old games do stand up and then this is a case where it's to me it's just just too archaic, too uh, okay, if I would say it's too hard, then I guess that makes me a wimp. <laughs> but it's okay. I mean, Ty's, Ty's not here, <laughs> and I mean, no, it's like unnecessarily just difficult, just for it's just the, it's just the how things were back then. I mean, they, yeah, they yeah, it's the best that they can do, and just unfortunately didn't really translate to modern day, within no. the same you know on the NES version at least. Well, yeah. That's why Super Metroid is such a, an amazing sequel. It just it's just makes it into a playable game, and this is more in the vein of that. So you know, it's yeah. it's fa- it's fast. It looks great, and it's well, it's even faster than Super Metroid. It's it's so quick. Like the upgrade path, I'm, I mentioned in my review, just like you go from you know not having any skill, any skills, any power-ups to having you know all the useful ones quite quickly. You know. Maybe Super Metroid is a little bit slower in that. Like, it takes you a while to become, you know, to feel powerful enough to just go around and feel confident in the in the world <laughs> kind of thing, if you ever do feel that until... Yeah, some people might argue you don't ever feel that until right at the end. But, but with this, you know, you get the ledge grabbing, which I think that was introduced in Fusion, right? Um, which makes you know just traversing everything is just so easy when you once once you have that you get that really early I think you know within the first hour of the game anyway and that lets you that opens a whole new you know section of the map when you do that and it's got the the you know it's always pointing in the right direction like you know there's a point on the map that you you know should be heading towards but it doesn't tell you exactly just like you know you should be going General that way yeah just like you should be going down this lift. And it's in this area, you know. You know which area you're supposed to be heading to, which is way better than what it was in Fusion, where it was like it was literally go to this room right now. And and to, before that, you had to read loads of you know bullshit story about how Samus is in love with a computer or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I glazed over that bit quite a lot. <laughs> yeah, I think Metroid is one of those rare series where. Like particularly because it's such an adult art design in it that it really does not need a story. Just put Samus on a planet doing cool stuff. Leave it at that. It doesn't end well when she gets a complicated backstory. Yeah, and that's why Super Metroid is the best 2D Metroid, and that's why Metroid Prime is the best 3D Metroid because they just you know stick you on a planet and away you go. And then you know, Prime Two and oh, introduced a lot of 
bullshit that we don't need. And then that's why I never finished it. Yeah, yeah I really wanted to finish it because I enjoyed it, but I just kind of tapered off and stopped at I think seventy three percent, and I yeah. just never went back. Exactly, and exactly the same as you. Um, but some for some reason I completed three. That's a lot more playable and a lot more streamlined. Even though I had an even more bullshit story in that one. But <laughs> I don't know. Because <laughs> it was more playable, I kind of got through it. But, like, yeah, other end, I mean, I got that, and I think I got about an hour into it, and I'm just like, nope, I can't stand this story any longer. <laughs> it's just too painful. Yeah, I think I talked about that a long time ago on a very early family cast. Um, I think at the end of when me talking about it, back in whenever that was, you know, three years ago, and I said, oh, well, I've got about an hour into it, that was actually the only time. <laughs> that was when I ended playing it. I never actually played it anymore after that. So, um, uh, who knows? I might revisit it sometime. But, um, yeah, Zero Mission is awesome. And uh, if you're a European person listening to this, get it. If you're a Japanese person listening to it, yeah, right, get it. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, North Americans... Um, Keep please understanding, but I'm sure I'm sure it'll I'm sure it'll come out this year. I mean summer. I'm guessing summer at the latest, right? It uh, there is absolutely <laughs> no reason for it not to come. <laughs> please understand. Yeah, <laughs> there's no absolutely no reason why it shouldn't. Yeah, maybe Reggie's saving it for the big Metroid announcement in the E3, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Maybe that is the big Metroid announcement. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, yeah. Reggie storms on the stage with a Samus pin on his blazer and is like, I've got big news, guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming to the virtual console today. Wow. Um, so, yeah. I uh, yeah, I kind of breeze through the breeze through it though. That's the only downside to zero emission. It's like because it's kind of speeded up. It's like you know Super Metroid on steroids. It's like you know you can blaze through that game. I mean, I only got like sixty-seven percent of the items, which is you know average. But like, yeah, I think I completed it in just over four hours. So um, if you're uh, if you've already played this game and you're thinking about you know, revisiting it, I would try and maybe 100 percent it. Otherwise, it'll be over very, very quickly. Um, so, um, but it does make it easy to find the items because it's like you know, this the the area of the map that has an item to find has a like a circle on it. So you know, it doesn't tell you exactly where in that room it is, but it's like you know, somewhere in this area there's an item to get. So which is um, yeah, it's kind of you can still feel clever when you find it. <laughs> yeah. And, um, yeah, Metroid Prime, they did kind of similar stuff. They tell you stuff was in a room, or you could hear if stuff was in rooms. So I don't really mind that sometimes. Yeah, what did Metroid Prime do? Well, of course you well, had you, the scanner, right? But um, you had the scanner, but once you entered rooms, you could hear hidden objects. There was like a vibration in the room, and uh, I'm not oh, sure yeah, if you were right. actually marked on your map, but there was mm -hmm. a. Mm -hmm. You're right. You're right. The 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 missiles kind of made a sound yeah when you were near them. If, so if you're next to a wall and you can hear that sound, you know it's yeah probably behind that wall. Yeah, that's right. Um, 
so yeah, that was awesome. And uh, yeah, this week has been a great game for me actually completing games, which uh, I haven't been doing much of recently. <laughs> um, like I haven't got any further in Batman, for example, um, or Lego City Undercover. They're still kind of pending. But um, I went back to Shovel Knight, and because uh, I, I was like, I'm, I was kind of very near the end, uh, maybe the last three uh, levels, and yeah, so I just completed that last night actually got finally beat the last boss um, it kind of does a, a kind of a sin which I'm not a big fan of in games which is like do a boss boss rush at the end of the game that's like you know make you fight every single boss again uh, but you know in succession um, not a huge fan of that like beautiful Joe did that I mean I love beautiful Joe but like uh, yeah the ending, the, the last level of that is just you, f- you fight every boss again with one energy bar. <laughs> so, um, a few of the Mario, 3D Mario, I think Mario Galaxy 1 and 2 both do that. Like, there's a few levels near the end where you have to do that. Like, I remember Mario Galaxy 2, yeah, you had to fight every boss with without getting hit once. <laughs> Which I did, but, you know, it was painful. Um, but this one, within uh, Shovel Knight, um, they do actually give you energy between each uh, boss, which is which is nice. Um, energy and magic, so you can. It's not that painful, but yeah, it took me quite a few attempts. But yeah, that game is awesome, and uh, <laughs> but the difficulty part of it, I mean, it's a it's balls hard, right? And when it when you when you complete it, it asks you, you know, do you want to play a harder version? You know, new new game plus, you know, make it harder. Um, I don't think I'm going to do that, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but you know, I really enjoyed that. You know, the first playthrough, and uh, you know, I'd like to go back and replay some levels. Maybe go through it without using a checkpoint, something like that. You know, try and max my my uh, cash and buy extra suits and things like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, not too in, not too not too interested in uh, uh, beating it on a higher difficulty, because I think it's pretty much high already. But yeah, it's an awesome game, and it's is it coming out on the 3DS in Japan? Did I hear that? Yeah, I think what that was on an episode of NBC Nintendo Voice Chat, IGN's Nintendo podcast. They had Mark McDonald on from Eight Four Play, and I, God, I, I, could, I could have swore he said that the Eight Four guys were actually doing the translation from English to Japanese. But regardless, mm-hmm. it is coming out in Japan on either the Wii U or 3DS or <laughs> something. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's like 3DS, uh, Wii U, that type of stuff. Um, yeah, because... If it hits the 3DS, I'll probably pick it up. I've been kind of putting that game off for a long time, even though I'm a huge Mega Man fan, so I don't know why I haven't bought it yet. What, what um, Nintendo systems do you own, Cyrus? You've got I two 3DSs, have, right? I two 3DSs and a DS. I haven't gotten any of the home consoles in a while. Okay. So, yeah, you could, you could get it on the American eShop, right? Oh, sorry. No, no I'd, I'd have to get an EU one. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's, it's on both, yeah. Yeah. It's on, yeah, it's on the European and American one. But yeah, definitely get it. I'm not sure about the 3DS version. Um, I'm sure it's exactly the same, but in 3D. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I just wanted it on the big screen. And yeah, that's fine. Right. I'll see what I'll do. I didn't play much of it on the gamepad, um, but like I've said in several episodes before, I use it as the, the music 
streaming thing, you know, I plug the headphones into the gamepad and I hear the music through that so I can turn the sound off on the TV and it works great for that. And just using cool. the pro the pro controller. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's useful in a house where you know you can't have the TV cranked up at 10, 10 p.m. at night. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, zero mission done, uh, shovel night done. It's a uh, it's been a good week. <laughs> cool. For those just listening, this is actually a video uh, podcast too, by the way. Um, so if you uh, want to go back and view the video version, you can. It'll be on YouTube on the, uh, what do you call it, the episode page on the website. We'll right. embed it in that and you can watch it in that. Which is true for all the live episodes, in case you didn't know. And you'll get extra visual treats, like um, Cyrus, his beard. <laughs> my beard. <laughs> it's like two-dimensional. It's like a mohawk for my chin. <laughs> it's very symmetrical. It lets me know which side is your right and which side is your left. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, sorry, yeah, for, de- so, sorry for de- derailing that section. No, 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 no it's okay. Um, Cyrus, do you want to go ahead and continue with new business stuff that you've been playing recently, man? Yeah, so recently on the Japanese uh, eShop, or whatever it's called, the, <laughs> the, <laughs> there was the, the theater rhythm. Or what's Dragon Quest? That's what man. I'm great with names tonight. So the Dragon Quest rhythm game came out, and uh, or the demo. So I gave that a shot, and I totally forgot. But I was a huge theater rhythm fan of like the other Final Fantasy. Even my 3DS is the the 3DS theater rhythm design on it. No way. But uh, this demo, I never, I've never played another Dragon Quest game, so. I don't have any particular attachments to any of the music or the characters, but it's just more theater rhythm. It's mm-hmm. it's almost like an expansion pack to the other theater rhythm. There's virtually no new anything in the game, hmm. so it's still it's still good. Like theater rhythm is a cool, really really fun game, but it's 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 really like the there's the same amount of changes between this and theater rhythm as there was between theater rhythm and curtain call, which okay. was. So this is like curtain call, the return. Yeah, yeah. They just reskinned it with Dragon Quest characters, put in Dragon Quest music, and kind of called it a day. Huh. So, How so oh. for Square Enix? Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cyrus, like I don't know about you, but between the original theatrhythm, theater rhythm, whatever the hell you want to call it, and uh, then Curtain Call, which one do you actually prefer of the two? I like Curtain Call just because of the way the quest game works. Okay. So the because the quest thing is pretty much the only thing that keeps me going in it because there's like an always goal in sight, and it's a lot easier to play that than the Chaos Tower was. Mm. Yeah, I mean, the Chaos Tower can get pretty rough, especially when you start getting to the really difficult things where the notes are turning, 
and stuff. And yeah, they, that still happens in the the, the quest thing, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I, I have both, and I really, really loved the original one a lot. I mean, I probably played for like 60 hours or something, and sometimes it's just playing the same songs. It's just so cool to be able to have access to this Final Fantasy music in an interactive type of a sense. Yeah. Oh, it's yep. a it's a fantastic idea for a game. I like. I am all for companies with amazing music libraries just churning out music games because yeah. I will buy all of them. Yeah. So I'm like you too, man. Where I don't really have an extensive history with the Dragon Quest series, though I did get uh, Dragon Quest Seven when that came out here on 3DS back in 2013, and um, I played for like 25, 30 hours or something, and. You know, not even halfway through the game, don't even have access to the job system yet. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I had a lot of fun with it. And, you know, the music, it's really well done and really cool. And, you know, I'm probably going to end up getting this game. I'll probably download this demo and never play it. <laughs> this is what happens. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know. I mean, for me, with Curtain Call, I, I thought that Quest stuff was really cool, but I really liked the stuff when they put it in the in the series where you can actually play different songs from the series. I mean, yeah, they were like set and you really didn't have a lot because there weren't really too many tracks on, you know, the original uh, Curtain Call, like 70, unless you start counting the DLC, which I bought almost every single fucking one. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's one thing. Another thing I'll give Curtain Call above original theater rhythm is there's like 220 songs. There's a sickening amount of content in the game. Like, like I, I started playing it again just because playing Dragon Quest, I was like, oh yeah, I love this game. So I went back, and I was like, oh yeah, I didn't unlock half of the crap in this, because there's a million of everything. Yep. And, uh, so, yeah, it's a good game. I keep looking down at my DS, I'm going to put it over there, it's distracting me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, what Cyrus just said was very interesting, like, um, if you would buy any, you know, any musical game with, like, you know, from companies with good music, like, why hasn't it been, like, a Nintendo-focused um, you know, musical rhythm game. Like, for example, like Donkey Kong back in the day used to have loads of like Mario songs and like, but they haven't really done that on the 3DS. Like, there's been a, there's been that Daiko Drum Master game on the 3DS, right? Mm-hmm. Which is fantastic. Um, and they do have a few, I think they do have a couple of Mario songs, right? But why not do, not just Mario, but like a, you know, a Nintendo rhythm game, you know? Right? And, I guess good old that Dance Dance Revolution Mario edition. <laughs> not, not just Mario, but you know, like Zelda, <laughs> Mario, you know, Metroid, everything, you know, in one game. Yeah, awesome. I'm, I'm expecting like this, this kind of stuff with theater rhythm, and there's like that Persona dancing all night game. So, <laughs> I, like, if Persona can make a totally crazy game like dancing all night, I'm sure Nintendo can churn out a music game that's really fun at some point. Yeah, and. Not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but you know, even with the recent announcement about mobile, uh, you know, Nintendo kind of moving on to that, maybe that's something that they can do. That's would be more bang for their buck on a mobile platform than it would be on like a 3DS or something, too. Not like this. Not like this. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, another, you know, the uh, Band Brothers. um, What the heck, Band Brothers P or whatnot that came out a couple years ago, and but what's really kind of weird about that as far as I know most of the songs that you're playing in the game or stuff that you download kind of like user created stuff sometimes created by kind of like bigger companies or artists yeah. and stuff but it's kind of a I mean I guess people could go and make Mario tracks and stuff but even I don't know it's just kind of a pain why not just have that stuff just automatically into the game already but yeah I, I think yeah I think Donkey Kong they should make a comeback and have more 
just entirely Nintendo. I mean, twinkle, twinkle, little star can go fuck off. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Who wants to play that in a music game? <laughs> Give me the Zelda theme, for Christ's sake. What's going on? They're going to change the Zelda theme to Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star on the Wii U. Yeah. Oh, God, I, I just started thinking <laughs> yeah, about well, Wii, Wii Music. Oh, God, they have Wii been music. really pushing Rosalina recently. Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star could be making a big comeback here. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> uh, they'd rather let us play Happy Birthday in a dog suit than give us, you know, a proper freaking Nintendo rhythm game, you know. Yeah, let us never speak of uh, Wii Music. One of my housemates was so excited over that game, like, this is going to be the future music games. And he he couldn't... He got so hyped up for it, he couldn't he couldn't back away from his commitment to it. Oh, God. Even when it came out, it was like, yeah, the game's still good, you just don't understand it. And it was never taken out of its box again. Did, did he not watch the video presentation about this? I mean... <laughs> It looks like Come a on. E3, Ra- you know. Ravi Drums, he, he did a good show. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Ravi uh, Drums puts on a good show. You know, he sells that. He sold that game to millions of idiots. Well, uh, you know, seriously, if I could find the game for like 500 yen, I would probably buy it. Um, yeah. But if it's any more than that, there's really no reason. <laughs> when, uh, when I first, going back to Donkey Konga, when I first got to play that, well, I played it in, in university, but uh, then when I went to Spain one year on holidays, we found this, like, random toy shop, and they just had, like, a mountain of Donkey Kongas. There was, like, <laughs> hundreds of these Kongas, and they were selling for, like, three euro each for a set of Kongas in the game. <laughs> and uh, so I was like, okay, we have to buy a lot of these. But we only had enough room to, like, put one set for me and my brother and stuff them in the suitcase. <laughs> but uh, it was good. I bought, like... PS1 memory card shaped like Barcelona jerseys for like 50 cents each. <laughs> it was a great shop. They had how, random stuff. How much do you see the drums going for in Japan? I've never checked. I Yeah, I've seen them. Um, yeah, they are around, but... I've seen the game and the drums for like about two or three thousand yen, like second hand. So not mm-hmm. that cheap. So, I don't know. I guess it just depends where you go. I mean... I haven't seen them at any like local places really, so it's kind of hard to tell. If, you get, if I cruised into Akiba or something like that, I'm sure I could find something, maybe a mountain yeah. of them hidden some shop yeah. somewhere. And those are the kind of things you don't want to buy. It really, a second-hand one that's been used too much, right? Because they're going to be like it's going to be black, or just like half of it's going to be missing because it's been well, hit so much. This is Japan, though, so I mean, you know. Yeah. Also, shout-outs to Kongas having that stupid sensor for it was like it had a microphone, so you had to clap. That was uh, the most annoying thing to have to do. It was cute. It was annoying. You, you couldn't just tap the side? No, because I had to... Like, what I ended up doing was I, I tapped the bongos, but then to make the clap sound, I just, like, tapped the microphone. Because uh, <laughs> the clap was just obnoxious. You had to clap at sufficient level for it to pick you up, which was just... Just too loud to do at home. I bet you looked really cool at university doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Clapping in front of a, some toy bongos. To, <laughs> in front of an animated monkey. That's better than like FaceTime or that Face Blaster game where you're like, I'm a oh, 90s yeah. kid on an advertisement. You yeah. know. Whoa, I'm in, I'm in the game, Mom. <laughs> yeah. 
Or for me, uh, shortly after Nintendogs on DS released, I brought it to school, and I was, like, out in, like, some little area at the university. I was like, oh, come here, yeah, hey, good boy. <laughs> like, what is this guy doing? <laughs> Let's be thankful Love Plus never took off in the West. <laughs> this is my girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how Danny got put in the special ed class. <laughs> that's it. Anyway. So, yeah, that was a good tangent on music games. Yeah, and one final to bring it right back to theater rhythm just before we finish is that right now there was like two free DLC tracks for uh for the whatever version. Yeah, it's like either Japanese one, so it's like two Romancing Saga three tracks, mm-hmm. which uh, I think they just put them all up for free on the American version, which is pretty sweet. But uh, I think yeah. This is so, this is for curtain call. Yeah, for Curtain Call, yeah. So it's, I think they're trying to remind people, it's like, hey, we've got Dragon Quest coming out. Here's some more DLC for this other one. So right. I just saw a poster for Dragon Quest Theatrism today, and I think it comes out in, like, three days. Yeah, yeah next Thursday. Next, oh, next Thursday, okay. So, yeah, very, very yeah. soon. Is anyone planning on getting the actual final game? or? I will probably wait for a Curtain Call version of it, because there will be one, and... There was like such a difference in the content, like the amount of songs between the two games. <laughs> I have no interest in picking Dragon Quest up first day. Danny, you can get first day. Why not? You can buy all the DLC, and then when the Curtain Call version comes out, and they'll have it all, all included. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, hey, with Curtain Call, they do have some cool DLC. Well, you know, like you were saying, the romancing saga and stuff. I think that's some of the stuff that they had talked about a long time ago, and it's it's been out here for quite a while. But mm-hmm. even they started including. I think they have some Bravely Default songs on yeah, there. Yeah, I, I grabbed those straight up because Bravely Default has some of the best music. Uh-huh. Yeah. In games. It's I just, do they have the characters in the backgrounds with, together with that, or is it just the music with I Final Fantasy characters? Was there any Brave the Default backgrounds? Yeah, there is one, I think. You get the final boss stage from Brave the Default becomes a backdrop for the battle music. Okay, cool. Okay. I was going to say, is it because <laughs> it would be very easy to do a lazy version of that and just have the Final Fantasy characters, but you know, all these different RPGs music. I could easily see Square Enix doing that, too. Oh, yeah. No, I, I do have one of the DLC characters, Yuffie, from Final Fantasy VII. She's my waifu. She has to be in there. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but on that note of backgrounds, again, I was, like, since I kind of brushed over my entire topic of Dragon Quest theater rhythm, they do do one kind of cute thing that in, in Final Fantasy theater rhythm... Like, the music sequences are done like a Final Fantasy battle. You've got all your dudes kind of on one side of the screen, the enemy on the other side, and then the music comes across the screen. Mm-hmm. But for Dragon Quest, because all Dragon Quest battles are, like, first person, mm-hmm. they uh, so they change the, the battle music in Dragon Quest so that it's first person. So the monsters are all lined up in front of you, and the music comes down the screen towards you, like, uh, like a Dance Dance Revolution style. Okay. Cool. So it's just a it's a, a small tweak, but it's a it's a cute touch. Cool. Cool, cool. So Danny, you got something to talk about? Um yeah, so Cyrus, is that all you've been playing, man, here recently? Yep. I've just been absorbed in going back and finally clearing theaterism. I've got no life aside from that. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Thank you.
Well, um, yeah, I haven't been playing much since the last time we had all, well, since I talked when you and Ty were waiting outside in the freezing cold. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I've been kind of continuing on with uh, Majora's Mask, and, you know, I kind of want to correct myself with some of the things I said last time. Uh, I think James is like, so, you notice any differences? And, you know, aside from, like, 3D and a couple other things, I said, no, oh, no, it's, everything's almost the same, man. <laughs> no, I mean, there, there are some differences throughout the game. One really good thing that they've done, they've added more save points, which, you know, obviously for a handheld game, something that you're playing on the go, theoretically, uh, you know, this, this makes sense to have more save points just kind of scattered throughout the world, uh, which is nice. Um, sometimes just the order which you get certain things, too. Like, for example, like the, the first magic meter upgrade or something, I think in the N64 version you get that, like, before you, or maybe after you beat the Snowhead Temple, the second uh, temple. But in this one, you get it, like, before that, which is nice, because then you're, you know, using the Goron stuff where you're rolling around, using up all sorts of magic and not running out as quickly. So I think, you know, they kind of went back and they thought about some of the stuff, like, and tried to make it just, I don't know if I'd say easier, but just, so it just makes more sense, you know? I mean, this is this is an area of the game where you're going to be using a lot of freaking magic and you get the fire arrows and stuff like that. So, yeah, so it made sense. But um, no, I mean, I'm still really enjoying it. It looks fantastic, and um, I just finished today uh, the Alien Invasion on Romani Romani Ranch, which is always a <laughs> favorite of mine. Um, is that with the cows? Yeah, yeah, where the aliens come every year before the uh, festival and they're going to take the cows away. <laughs> as so, is tradition. Yes, as, as happens. In Japan, too. <laughs> <laughs> That's why there are no cows anymore. Right. <laughs> so, um, other than that, I've been playing to James's horror, uh, Pokemon what? Shuffle. Um, no! <laughs> or, as it's called here, Pokemon And, um, you know, I'm not spending a freaking dime on this game because it, I don't think it's it's worth it. And, you know, I don't think this is some kind of an evil creation or something. I mean, yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, I won't even get into that. But y you can play this game and not spend any money and have fun with it. And I, I That's basically what I've been doing. Just usually every day I play about once a day. And, you know, it's just match three. There's really not much more to say. And you're catching Pokemon. It's not I'll, that I'll, great. I'll, I'll play it when it comes on my smartphone. In a, few, <laughs> in a few months' time. Yeah. <laughs> they said they wouldn't port it. It will be an even more stripped-down version of a game when it gets to the mobile phone to encourage yes. you for the console version. Right. Yes. Maybe I'll take out the 3D. Oh, right. Yeah, it's, it's the Match 2 game. game. It's, it's <laughs> right. Maybe yeah. they'll add uh, in-app purchases. Oh, right. It's already got those. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, other than that, I really haven't been playing much. And also, too, you know, I mentioned the other day that my Amiibo that I had bought that I haven't opened, well, guess what? They were sitting right behind me in the same place, still unopened. <laughs> um, That's depreciating. A These particular two ones are depreciating in value daily in Japan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just for those who are listening to the podcast, it's a Shulk and Mega Man Amiibo. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I really like Shulk and Smash, so I was like, yeah, I need to have this figure for my tiny collection, which you might be able to see some of. Behind my shoulder, some are up on my. I was trying to figure out what that was. I was like, why is those things sticking off that book cover? It's like, oh, it's yeah. them. Well, like up. Okay, obviously, if you're watching the video, you can see this. But back here, this is an original, like a uh, 
display unit for the Game Boy Advance SP, the NES one, and I got oh. it from like a GameStop back in the day, and I brought it back with me after Christmas. And uh, but no, I have this kind of like a Nintendo shelf, maybe to my wife's. <laughs> I thought that was a Lego Millennium Falcon. That's oh, what I thought too. I'm glad I'm not crazy. Oh, I was man. like, what is that? Because <laughs> that, that, is, that is something Danny would have. So my like, Star Wars stuff is on the other side of the room. That's in the West Wing. Yeah, yeah it's in the West Wing. <laughs> yeah. of, the, of the toy the toy room, yeah. Yes, so. Um, awesome. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much it for me, though. So, I'd, I don't have any new Amiibos, just this. This is my uh, latest Amiibo. <laughs> it, it, it cost me uh, 200 yen, so, yeah. That's pretty cool, though. I like that. Yeah. I'm pretty jealous. I, I like cats, and I like bullet bills, so I kind of want it really, really yeah. badly. Yes. In case you haven't guessed, yeah, it's a, it's a bullet bill with cat ears on from Mario 3D World. Cool. Well, I guess with new business out of the way, we'll go ahead and move on to the news. Let's do it. Um, do you want to read that? first bit of news, and then James could kind of expand upon this, because he's very knowledgeable about this game. I have been dying to talk about this piece of news. This okay. is the whole reason I'm here. I thought so. Yeah, so, Girls Mode 3, which is, like, style-savvy outside mm-hmm. of Japan, has been announced to have Amiibo support, which is oh fantastic. <laughs> so, I'm sure I am not the only one very excited about this news. Yeah, obviously, James Charlton, our resident uh, well, you know, Minoru was, like, the number one style-savvy fan, but now that kind of defaults to James because he he loves this stuff. So, James, how about you just kind of break down what what can we do with Amiibos in Style Savvy 3? Suck my balls. <laughs> <laughs> that and? <laughs> um, so... What, what, what do you expect? You tap the fucking Amiibo and you get a hat. What do you expect? <laughs> okay, great. It's, it's, it was added on after the game was already made. It's like the, the uh, what do you call it, that uh, One Piece game. Mm-hmm. It's the same deal. You know, you, you tap a Mario Amiibo, you get a Mario hat for your person to wear. <laughs> Another great example of, uh, you know, Amiibo really shaking things up. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly, because that, that's why I, people buy I still buy haven't quite game. recovered from that uh that Afterburner game or what was it, Ace Combat, where you get the the Nintendo character teams for your planes. Man, yep. work of art, beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Literally, you know, Photoshop, and thirty minutes later, you've got <laughs> you've got Amiibo support. Yes. Well done. So yeah, this um yeah, brilliant. I don't know. Maybe Minari has Amiibos. Maybe he'll be into this. Maybe he'll be putting Luigi hats on his girls. <laughs> um, I don't know. And he can do it in style savvy now too. <laughs> Put him. <laughs> yes. So yeah, available soon. Mm-hmm. To all good, uh, at all good retailers. <laughs> yes, or something like that, right? Um, on that amiibo note, though, just that uh, last night, I think, in America, the legendary gold Mario amiibo was unleashed upon the world. Yes. And uh, I like 
I don't have any real interest in that kind of stuff, but I was following one guy's Twitter as he was, like, traveling around the country trying to find a shop that would sell him one. It was very entertaining. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Yeah, one of my buddies back in my hometown, he managed to pick one up. I mean, I don't live... My hometown isn't, like, huge or anything like that, but, you know, it's big enough where... But, yeah, he didn't seem like he had much of a problem getting it. I saw um, uh, a Twitter picture by um, IGN's... Jose Otero, and he took a picture of just like a bunch of them just on a shelf in a, in a Best Buy or something. I think that picture may have caused several fatalities. Because, you know, <laughs> as soon as he tweeted it out, you know, there's like a rampage, you know, stampede towards that uh, shop. <laughs> yeah, I like, I listen to like, a, like an Amiibo and a Skylanders and a, all the, the Toys to Life podcasts, and uh and so the, they, they're always talking about the Reddit, which, like, gives notifications of what shops have stock. And they, like, update it every hour, saying, like, oh, yeah, people found it. It's, it's empty. And it's just... do, do they have a death counter on that? <laughs> <laughs> How many people died in search of an amiibo? When well, a person I'm, doesn't I'm, I'm sure post on Reddit after, like, for about two hours, he's assumed dead. Well, that... <laughs> That guy, you know, currently still roaming the United States, you know, I'm sure he's dead by now, right? But what's even better is he had already ordered one on Amazon, so it's already coming to him. He just wanted a second one. Right. God. He's now upside down in a ditch with his, you know, hazards like splashing. No, it's like, like, you know, Goldfinger. His his wife will come home and find him, like, spread out in his bed, painted gold. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he was trying to spray paint a regular Mario, and he got carried away. <laughs> <laughs> anyone, anyone could do that as well, right? I, mean, I know, that's, that's, that's all what's they're so doing. Because the packaging isn't even any different. It's exactly the same Mario packaging. Just, like, it doesn't even have a gold Mario on the packaging. It has a regular Mario. Yeah. That's right. I just imagine these guys just, like, dunking the regular Marios in the cupboard. <laughs> yeah. Gold. Mm, gold, yes. <laughs> yeah, like it's got the golden like, touch. As much as we're like we're we're talking about me loving amiibo, I only have like seven of them. I don't care about amiibo that much. It doesn't even fit me now. That that's my that's my baby. So for the non-video viewers, um, what have you got on your shelf there, Cyrus? You want to take us through your amiibo collection? I I I have. Yeah, I don't actually have that much. I've got, like, Meta Knight, I've got Zelda, I've got Day to Day, got a bunch of girls, I've got Bowser. I've got a Marth in pristine, bendy sword condition in his box. <laughs> yeah. Made with loving care by... Yeah. He is, uh, he is purely trading stock. If I ever need an amiibo in the future, he, he will get me one. That's right. If you ever held a hostage, that's you get out of jail card. Yeah, I might try and spray paint him gold and then just take a photo and see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> some people are doing some cool things like modifying their amiibos to look yeah. like uh, other things, right? Like, uh, even... like Mega Man to look like the, the red guy. <laughs> What's his name? <laughs> Base or, or Zero? Zero, yeah. yeah. Things like that. That's pretty cool. Yeah. It's, there's even one guy. He like he does. He paints custom amiibos, and he's actually listed on the Toys R Us websites in America now that sells oh. customs. That's pretty yeah. cool. I also saw quite a disturbing one of uh, someone the like a Kirby eating Mario. 
It has two NFC chips in it, so you put yeah. it on, you get Mario or Kirby. <laughs> yeah. Only half of Mario, because he's been decapitated. <laughs> yeah. so that's the Amiibo uh, segment done. Well, one, one thing I wanted to mention, something you guys have talked about uh, the last time with uh, the Toys for Life stuff here in Japan, how, you know, it's obviously nowhere near as big as what it is in the West, but I think, oh my God, which was, I think it was when Skylanders first came out here, it was, okay, it's published by Square Enix, and it was exclusive to Toys R Us. Yes, it remains exclusive to Toys R Us. Wow. <laughs> I was in I was in Toys R Us today, and yeah, I saw a huge uh, display of it. Great. They also, they also have um, they also have these Mask Ranger NFC. Yeah, companies. the Common Rider ones. A Common Rider, and um, yeah, they are. I think they're Wii U. I don't know if they're PlayStation Three as well, but it's definitely I, a Wii U game. Yeah, I think uh, all of the Toys for Life stuff are all like Wii U exclusives in Japan. Hmm. It's crazy. Like there's this whole like toy range of NFC figures that are just only exist in Japan, and it's got the base that like, the NFC. It doesn't like. Yeah. Of course, it doesn't use the freaking NFC chip on the gamepad. Why would of course it? Not. Of course, <laughs> you need a special base thing for that. But yeah, this it's crazy. Yeah, and then there's po- Pokemon Treasure as well, right? Right. Which, yeah. I, which I saw in the bargain bin today, by the way. <laughs> the 3DS one? The 3DS one with the oh, massive God. NFC attachment. I want to just get that fucking thing. Just, why not? If it's like 10 bucks or something, yeah, I'd do it. Uh, I, I went through my gigantic GBA and and 3D, or, and 3 regular DS attachments phase. I've, <laughs> I will never speak of my Guitar Hero controller again. But people are still playing that NFC Pokemon game. Um... I walked past the Pokemon Center, which is right next to Toys R Us, and there was they had uh, maybe five of those um, Pokemon Treta machines, and mm-hmm. there was like massive lines to play those games. You know, those, these are the NFC card games. Yeah. For a second, I thought you were talking mm-hmm. about Pokemon Rumble U. Like, there are a lot of people playing. It's like, ha, yeah, how do you know this? That, that kind of that triggered in my brain too. I was like, no, 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 no one would talk about Rumble. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the weird thing that. They tried to do that with with the Pokemon Rumble thing, but it was it wasn't as good as. It's stupid. That. I, mean, why, why did, I don't know why they just didn't do Treta on the. Yeah, well, Wii U, but. even like the Rumble figures were awful, and they were blind bags, so you you couldn't buy what you wanted. So it kind of right. shot itself in the foot really quickly. Yeah, I mean, at least with Skylanders, yeah, sure, it's only Toys R Us here, but you, you get what you want as long yeah. as it's in stock. But, yeah, making this stuff only available at the Pokemon Center blind box, it's like, dude, of course this thing is going to fail. I mean, give, give me a break. That's stupid. So, I guess moving on to the next thing on the agenda, which is the big one. So, I'll kind of go ahead and, uh, I guess, lead into this here. So, um, Nintendo and this big, gigantic Japanese company called DNA, they've agreed to enter into a capital alliance. And um, basically, I guess on the business side of things, this has Nintendo acquiring a certain percentage of DNA's treasury shares, and then DNA also acquires parts of Nintendo, and basically it, it 
you know, I'm no business expert, so please point and laugh at any point in time here. But <laughs> you know, with the amount of stuff that they own to get, they own on, of the opposite company, it's like worth the same amount of money. Mm-hmm. But the, I mean, that that's not just you know the big news here. The big news is that, well, there's several things from this, and um, one being that with this, Nintendo is working together with DNA to uh, make uh, mobile games. Not just stuff no longer on 3DS and Wii U, but you know, making stuff for smartphones, making stuff for tablets, PCs, whatnot. So, um, I thought we could, maybe we can go ahead and get started just on that. So, with Nintendo entering the mobile space, what do you guys want, or what type of stuff do you guys expect from so Nintendo? My my first thought was when DNA, when they said DNA was going to be making these you know these apps in collaboration with Nintendo, was that. They, Nintendo need to make sure that these games and these apps go through the, the, the you know, the treehouse, the, the, the certification brokers, the, the people that check out the games that they work and, you know, they're functional and all that kind of stuff and they're actually a game. They should, they should have to go through that process at least two or three times <laughs> compared to regular games because... I I don't trust. I mean, I just hope they've got them on an incredibly tight leash. Uh, when they've got, you know, if they're basically giving them the the reign to make, you know, uh, games and apps with all the Nintendo IP, you know, that's a kind of a, a dangerous slippery slope. I mean, I I don't think they will do that, but I just really hope that you know they keep a tight leash and. Uh, Whatever they do, it's you know it's up to the standard that we uh, expect Nintendo games to be. You know. But saying, saying that, yeah. Pokemon Shuffle just came out, so who knows? <laughs> that that was kind of exactly my point. Is that Nintendo is really famous for the Nintendo quality? Everything they release is usually like it's that that really high bar compared to everything else usually. But then Pokemon Shuffle came out, which was a mobile game. It was just your standard match three with microtransactions. It was everything everyone hates about mobile games, and it was on the, the 3DS. So yeah. I am willing to give them a chance, but when Nintendo try new things like this, they tend to do horrible at them. <laughs> so it takes them a long time to catch up to everything and not make it bad. So I will give them some rope and see what they do with it. The, the the other danger sign, I mean, um, to to like the Japan angle on this, because you know we are the fan cast after all, but like the fact that this is a Japanese company, and you know, trusting you know a Japanese company like Nintendo with very poor performance with networking, uh, to then partnership with another Japanese <laughs> mobile <laughs> company, you know, of course they've they've got more experience with you know mobile apps and everything, but that's only in Japan. I mean, I I think they are a global, they are a global company. They, I know there are mo- there are mobile games on the American and European iTunes stores. But I think that's something important to say too. I mean, DNA. If you guys have heard of out there, have heard of uh, mobile game, they they own this company. It's something that they acquired just here throughout the past couple of years or something like that. So, yeah, go ahead, James. But if you if you do a search for mobile game on your iTunes store of your choice. It's it's not games that we like. This I mean they do lots of IP. You know I think they've got like Transformers games and stuff. You know obviously they're more suited for the West and stuff. But they're all just you know the usual fighting game. You know 
you have to wait to play more and in-app purchases to unlock all this bullshit and all that kind of things that we don't we don't like and then none of them are games that I play or would want to play you know they're just your, your bog standard uh, smartphone game so if they just do keep doing that but with Nintendo IP that's not good that's not good enough for me I, I Nintendo needs to step in and say okay we're doing this partnership okay we're not doing this kind of thing uh, with our IP you know we're, we're going to use your network and you know uh, yeah, infrastructure to you know step off from this, but we're not. Our games are a different breed from that. <laughs> but I think yeah, N- Nintendo has a lot of pride, so I don't think. Yeah. I mean, they've made mistakes in the past where they just handed stuff off, and it's a disaster. Take a look at CDI Zelda games, but you know they <laughs> yeah. they've worked closely with other companies before to make really good stuff. You know, look at stuff like F Zero on Game on GameCube, for example. But you know, I, I think it seems to me, and I was talking with um, Neil Ronahan, site director about this type of stuff, and it seems to me that Nintendo, what they'll probably be doing and what they should be doing is using, you know, DNA's uh, smarts for stuff with, like, the infrastructure and back-end stuff, stuff that Nintendo isn't really that good at, you know, when it comes to making stuff. You look at their online infrastructure, I mean, it's it's shit compared to everything else. It's definitely gotten a lot better, but I don't know. I think if Nintendo uses these tools that DNA has in place and then puts their kind of ridiculous rules and control <laughs> into DNA, I mean, I think yeah. we could see some cool stuff. They need to. <laughs> yeah, I obviously, the biggest fear is just, oh, more Match 3, here's Zelda Match 3, here's Mario Match 3, Dra- you know, <laughs> Puzzle and Dragons, <laughs> or whatever. But, um, yeah, I don't before, know. Before you know it, we'll just have Puzzle and Dragons with a Mario skin. What what I am kind of hoping about this is that since the 3DS already has stuff like uh, like the the Street Pass games, which are kind of mobile games, they're like you play them for a couple of minutes, you put them down. It's the same kind of deal. So I wouldn't be opposed to stuff like that because they're actually a lot of fun. I have a bunch of them, (laughs) and they do have in-app purchases, but they're play coins that are you know not real money, right? So like I'd I'd be cool if if Nintendo did stuff like that like kind of stuff that doesn't insult me as a player, but I don't know I don't know if I mean I I just kind of got put off even attempting to play games on my iPad and iPod these days I don't have an iPhone but I've got an iPod which you know plays the same games um, iPod Touch and just all mobile games now and these are mobile game mobile games and. DNA games included, there's just a kind of a template that people use now. I mean, there, there are games that, you know, there's four or five games that are exactly the same game, but there's a different IP attached to it. There's a Transformers, there's a, there's a what's the, not, not the Mortal Kombat game, but it's the, the DC. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's exactly the same as, you know, several other fighting games, you know, in, on the mobile, on, on mobile um devices, right? And right. Nintendo cannot allow that template to be applied to their IP. That's, they just can't do it. It's just, yeah. that's just bad. <laughs> but, you know, at the same time, that's maybe what people who play mobile games a lot, maybe that's what they like. So I'm sure that some, I think some of those kind of games will appear, And I, but I just hope that that's not the majority of Nintendo. Yeah. You know. I mean, Nintendo, 
they're, they're, they're really smart, and they're good at what they do. So I think even making games on a platform that isn't their own, I think they can still succeed and still have stuff that's interesting and fun to play and hopefully different than the stuff that we see on you know mobile right now, which seems like a lot of the same, just with different skins. <clears throat> I, I, you know, it's, it's easy to be skeptical about this stuff, but I think that they can do it. I think Nintendo has some prizes left that they can you know shock us with. In a good way, hopefully. And, and and thinking positively, they have straight out said, you know, we're not porting any console games to mobile. Yes, I uh, was just about to read this because, like, the direct quote is that we have no intention at all to port existing game titles for dedicated game platforms to smart devices because if we cannot provide our co- our consumers with the best possible play experience, it would just ruin the value of Nintendo's IP. So I, I think they have a really good idea and a really good mindset here that they're not just going to dump shit on like, you know, Android and iPhone. Oh, here's Mario, touch control, have fun. No, no one will have fun with that. (laughs) I Um, do enjoy how virtually every game reporting website on the internet decided to carefully ignore that statement. (laughs) Yes. I, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I was about to say the name of one of those websites, but, you know, um, let's just say, you know, a website called uh, Gollipon takes that statement (laughs) And then, and then makes a Photoshop image of uh, New Super Mario Brothers you playing on the iPhone. You know, yeah. that's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. So, which is good. And VC games are not going to happen because who wants to play Super Mario World on your iPhone which right. doesn't have a controller? It's yeah, stupid. I mean, who wants to play any held, handheld games on a virtual console <laughs> on a handheld? Right. Just no GB <laughs> games. We don't do that. No. <laughs> So, I mean, you know, unless, and I think they even went on later, I read most of the stuff, and I wrote the original story on Nintendo World of Port, and, you know, I wanted to make sure that my wording was clear and that I didn't do something silly like, this, oh, guess what, guys? Super Mario's <laughs> coming to the iPhone. You know, I mean, so, yeah, they're, they're, Nintendo is very aware that this is exactly what people will think, and they've done everything they can to try to, <laughs> to make it so it's not confusing. But, you know, they're, people are people, and they write and believe what they want to believe. So about a year ago, Iwata said something like, we may um, try to create experiences or things on mobile devices which would entice players to play our real games, quote-unquote real games. That's not what he said, but you know, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. <laughs> that, that's what I think. You know, and I guess this is it. A year later, this is you know it coming to fruition. So this has obviously been in the, the pipeline for a long, long time. And yeah, I mean, um, DNA Nintendo. They've been in. I mean, the what the heck? The head dude at DNA was talking with Iwata as of like 2010, talking about stuff. And yeah, so there's been there's been some kind of interaction between these guys for you know the past like four or five years. So this well, stuff has sure, been sure. there. It's but, a lot of green tea that needs to be brewed, Danny. A lot oh, of yeah. Green tea. oh yeah. Oh, yeah. It's all these things. You know the trees in um, Lord of the Rings? Uh, they mm-hmm. get around in a circle and they discuss things. It takes like four years. That's how <laughs> Japanese people work. Yeah. Man, I am going to use that comparison forever now. That is perfect. Man, Japanese business meetings. They are Japanese int moons. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I said that before. Maybe I didn't see it. So oh, man. I'm, I'm writing that down. I'm, I'm making that a poster and sticking it on my door. <laughs> I'll stick it on my forehead. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Finally, yeah. The tea brewing has finished and they made the deal. And, yeah. But, yeah. 
I, I also hope that they create, you know, non-gaming applications, you know, like finally we're going to get, you know, like a proper Miiverse application mm -hmm. and maybe a, the, the whatever's going to replace the Club Nintendo um, application too. And, um, you know, other things too, I mean, Nintendo's kind of interested in health and, you know, they obviously with We Fit You, you can have that little pedometer that mm -hmm. you can wear, which is ridiculous that you couldn't, they didn't have some kind of an app on the 3DS. They can easily... Okay, I don't know about that. Okay, maybe that's not a good word. But maybe they can make some kind of an app that can interact with the Wii U thing. If Even if they can't do that, I can see them doing some kind of health-related apps and making it fun, you know, using your me. Oh, you know, doing the stuff they're doing on Wii Fit and it's on your phone. I mean, walking around. Well, this, this, this will lead into the next um, part of this whole um, deal because, you know, with this new account system and also the quality of life thing, which is coming later, right? So that would easily tie into that, right? That you know, this this thing that's going to sit on your pillow and watch you while you sleep. Uh, <laughs> that's just like one of those new Barbies. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and send photos of your naked body straight to Iwata's desktop, um, or whatever it's going to do. Um, opt in for that, by the way. Opt in. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, this account system. I'm sure it's going to be all tied together, right? You know, there's going to be. I don't, is it going to be a Nintendo Network ID version 2, or is it going to be something completely different? They, I don't know. They really <clears throat> didn't specifically say that from what I've read, so... Uh, it, you know, wouldn't it be weird to just, like, discount the Nintendo Network ID at this point? Or maybe that Bring that back phrase... Franco's, man. They had it right the first time. <laughs> <laughs> Franco's for everyone. Um, but, like, yeah, because, like, a Nintendo Network ID, that doesn't really sit well with... If you're going for the health market, right... You don't want to be logging into your pedometer with a Nintendo ID, right? Um, or on your on your computer, on your desktop computer, on your smartphone, right? M maybe it's going to be something more neutral than that. Like well, they could integrate thing. both of them together. I mean, yeah, hopefully you, would, you link them, right? Yeah. Yeah, that would be seem like it would kind of make the most sense because then if you don't do that, then on the current generation of gaming consoles on the Wii U and the 3DS, then you have to make another login. Right. <laughs> you know, for something, which would so be kind you'll of silly. DNA account, whatever it's going to be called, and then you can link your Nintendo Network ID to that, right? And, I, will, and then link that to your, you know, the premium uh, account thing. There's no doubt in my mind that they're, they're not going to label that anything with DNA. This is going to be Nintendo, you know what I mean? Oh, um, sure, sure. I'm just using that as oh, just, okay. to, just to clarify what I'm talking about. Okay. <clears throat> but yeah, this whatever this account system will be called um, will not only work with the Wii U and the 3DS and, and smartphones, but it will also work with their next system, which yeah. they also announced, right? Yeah, <laughs> man. Let's talk about putting a gun to Wii U's head and just saying, right. we're done with you, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I think immediately after reading that, I, I tweeted out um, <laughs> as soon as Reggie read that, the NX was announced. He just turned around, looked at his warehouse full of Wii U's, <laughs> and, a, and a single tear dropped down his face. <laughs> like, how the fuck am I going to sell these things now? Yeah. And as I was telling you on that same tweet, all they got to do, if they want to ship every Wii U console they currently have, they stick a Silver Mario amiibo <laughs> in those boxes. Right. And <laughs> no, no, no. One in every 5,000 boxes. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 because because that that means people would be like, oh well, I only have a chance of getting one because it's like a chance it's of a chance because it's already amiibo. Amiibo is already like 
random chance of getting one. <laughs> you don't want to like random square. That's just that's almost too much for some people. Yeah. Actually, Cyrus, I like that idea. I mean, it, I think you know, I, just like the, as a joke, I think it is actually a way they could sell every Wii you think they have legitimately. Yeah. The ultimate I mean, amiibo pack. It's got 50 amiibos and a Wii U in it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, buy the 50 bo- amiibos, get a free Wii U. The the box is like three meters wide. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's like uh, rock band all over again. Put like a Reggie amiibo in there, and it's like you're sorted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So with this, you know, brand new hardware, they really didn't say much about it, other than quote-unquote, this is a new hardware system with a brand-new concept. I I certainly hope so. Yeah, the NX, or you could even call it the N-Cross if you're (laughs) Japanese. (laughs) Yeah, and... Wasn't that a boy band in the 1990s? uh, Sure. No, that was NSYNC, sorry. (laughs) Same Um, thing. Same thing. They're actually rumored to be heavily involved with the development of the new uh, membership system. That's what that's what happens when you pair your smartphone to the new system. It's called the NSync. Yes. <laughs> the NX. Patent pending. It's gonna okay if it's Japan. In the West, it's gonna be a bit of a problem. Right. So, um, but yeah, with with the new system too, it's supposed to make somehow it's gonna be make full use of this new membership service, and it's supposed to be like a core element of the new system. Um, so. It's kind of okay, and another thing too about this as well. This is they, they talked about this because they wanted to, uh, I guess, put out any fires of people that are thinking like, "Hey, well, shit, Nintendo's going mobile." You know, their dedicated gaming business is just done. But no, this is their way to show people, show Nintendo fans that, "Hey, no, we still care about you know people who like you know kind of hardcore games, games with physical controls and stuff like that." So they, you know, they went out of their way to talk about this thing that's maybe just in the conceptual stages and whatnot, but. Um, with it being, with the new membership service being a core element to the, you know, the new system, it's kind of like, wow, what does this actually mean? Like, what can this thing, <laughs> we don't even know much about the membership service at all anyway, so it's kind of hard to even guess. You, you, know, you know, going back to the health thing, it would be interesting, you know, if you, if you carry your smartphone around with you, it would count the steps that you walk. Yes, that's that. what I was alluding to. Or if yeah. you carry a 3DS around with you, it would count the steps with that, you know, and then it would all sync to your account, right? Mm. Um, maybe there's an app, a new app for the 3DS, and maybe there's a new app on the, the Wii U and on the next, the NX system, right? You know, maybe it could all be part of it. Um, I don't know if they're going to have the quality of life thing totally separate from the gaming, or if this is going to be you know, one and the same. I don't know. Um, you know, like how there's a health app on... On your iPhone, right? But there's also the the App Store on the iPhone. You know, it's, it's all there together, right? I don't know if they're going to do that with the next system. <clears throat> I imagine if they were going to bridge the two, they'd use something like Brain Training as like the flagship title for this quality of life thing. Because even I teach some like 80 year old people in one of my classes, and they they play Brain Training. So I'd say they could definitely. Still. <laughs> yeah. God, talk so. about behind in the times. <laughs> But if that's a market Nintendo <laughs> are trying to tap into, like the older gaming market with quality of life, that then uh, yeah, I'd say that would be definitely something they could key off. Well, the only thing we know is this sleep regulator thing, right? That's that's true, by the way. We were just yeah, I know. <laughs> Nintendo, they did biorhythms. They've done 
a lot of stuff. It's if someone says some crazy Nintendo peripheral, I just assume at face value that. Oh yeah, <laughs> yes. yeah I've, I've talked about before. I have that uh, the uh, the Bio Tetris, uh, the thing it clips on your ear. I have it, and it kind of works too. So. <laughs> yeah, it warns you if you're gonna have a heart attack. Yeah, too late. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> While playing Tetris. Yeah. <clears throat> he died playing Tetris. He was a good yeah, man. Was. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> is, there, is, is there anything that we left out with this announcement? I mean, it's it's pretty huge. I mean, right. Some people yeah, it's pretty huge, up. but there's yeah. they gave so little concrete info about it. They just kind of said it was happening, so it's yeah. kind of hard to talk about it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. There's there's no games announced for this thing. They, they announced a console, but we don't know anything about it. They announced a service, but we don't know what it's going to do. <laughs> you know, it's it's very um, ethereal at the moment. But yeah. I think they said there's going to be at least one smartphone game coming this year. So we've got that version of uh, Pokemon Shuffle to look forward to. <laughs> oh, man. Animal Crossing Farmville. Done. Pack it up. Friday evening, we're gone home. Yeah. have to block more members of my family. Um <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, I don't know. Would you call it an exciting times, nervous, nerve-wracking times, interesting times? I don't know. Maybe a combination of all of those things. <laughs> I don't know. It's going to be a weird but interesting transition for Nintendo as a company and as Nintendo fans too. Just we're going to have all sorts of over stuff that you know over just our cell phones, stuff that we can access on a daily basis, things that we're using all the time. We're going to be able to use some kind of Nintendo applications on it for better or worse, you know? So that's that's kind of cool. I'm excited about it. Well, if you can load up Mevas in two seconds as opposed to, you know, 20. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll tell you, it's it's quite <laughs> Yeah, uh, like fast. having, like, a tweeting service kind of thing that ties into Mevas would be really okay. great. Mm-hmm. And all smartphones have NFC readers. Amiibo on the go. Amiibo. Hey. Patent pending. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, actually, wow, that's yeah, that's that'd be a cool idea. And as for this, the next system, the NX, if it's going to be a portable or a, a console or a hybrid, they didn't actually say. Yeah, uh, with, it, with you, it being called the NX, say. they said the system, didn't they? Yeah, I think the with word it, they used was system. Yeah. So with it being called the NX, or it could be cross. I mean, this could be the rumored, you know, cross system, the handheld console hybrid that everyone's kind of talked about. Could be, but I don't know. Actually, just a dedicated N plus emulator. That's all it does. <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah, I think I think there's a good chance of that. I mean, I think people are saying that, you know, it's it's still two separate things. I think it could also be both of those because, um, you know, you might sell both, both seg- segments separately, but they can also, you know, connect kind of thing, like the base unit that connects to your TV. Maybe sold separately to the handheld thing, or you could buy them together. Yeah. I could see them doing. Everything. I could see them doing something like with the like the gamepad being a like a prototype of it, where mm-hmm. the console is your home thing, and the gamepad is your new 3DS, which you just bring off, and then you come back, you use the controller, you your games crossplay between the two of them. I don't yeah. know. I mean, they created that uh, new headquarters in Kyoto. What was it like two years ago, three years ago? That was solely dedicated to you know, the software to bridge the gap between consoles and handhelds, right? Or just to create an 
a, 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 a what do you call it? A program, not a programming language, but what do you call it? An engine or something like that? <laughs> I don't know what. No, the word. A platform, software platform that you can use across multiple devices, right? That's what they said. So um, it kind of makes sense. I don't know if that multiple devices back then, I don't know if they were referring to smartphones back then. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe you could maybe Nintendo games could be easily moved over to anything, but yeah. Like they said, they're not gonna do uh, they're not gonna downgrade uh, real games onto smartphones. Right. So. No worries there. No worries yeah, there. Even, even if they did, they're gonna like they said I think another quote they said too is like if they're gonna port games, they're gonna make sure that it fits you know, they have some kind of control system in there that it, it works. So you're not just going to see, you know, digital, or I'm sorry, like a, yeah, a, in, you know, a control pad on top of your iPhone or something that's not physical because that sucks. What I would be interested to see from these kind of things is like, uh, say, Injustice again. We mentioned that before. Of mm-hmm. Injustice and Nine, I think, had mobile equivalent games. Mm-hmm. And the games were, like, really stripped down. It was kind of, they were pretty bad. But when you unlock stuff in those, it unlocks stuff in the games, the home console ones. Yeah. So I could see Nintendo doing something like that as, like, a, you know, play our mobile game and unlock stuff in the full version. Like. I yeah, know. yeah. I think I think that would be a good way to for people to play real games because, like, yeah. you know, if you're doing monotonous, repetitive, stupid tasks that, you know, smartphone users love doing, then um, once you once you do your stupid repetitive task for that day, and it you know you get a a prize, but the prize is not for that game; it's for the 3DS or the you know the the, con- the console game, right? So it's kind of bravely default yeah. did that too. It had like it had a like a, a mobile game built into bravely default. It was like a town building simulator thing. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. It was like a phone game, but it was just built into bravely default. So. There's a lot yeah. of stuff they could do with that idea. Absolutely. The wor- the worst thing they could do is just have a big pop-up advertisement. Buy the game now. In sales now. <laughs> $49.99. Which <laughs> <laughs> you get while playing a free app, which makes no sense. Because why would you spend money if you're using a free app, right? Yeah, no kidding. That's, an- that's another thing, actually. Are they going to charge, you know, high amounts of money like Square Enix? Are they going to have, you know, $9.99 iPhone apps, or are they going to go the free? Are they going to do both? Probably going to do both, but you know, mm. are we going to have you know proper big games on the on the smartphones that are designed for smartphones, mm-hmm. but then charge quite a lot of money for them? Well, a lot in the uh, smartphone sense of the word. Yeah, <laughs> I think yeah, yeah. more than zero. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll find out soon enough with uh, the one that comes out this year. Cool. Well, I think that pretty much wraps up the news here. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I haven't eaten dinner yet. I'm getting kind of hungry. (laughs) (laughs) 11 o'clock at night here. So we did have um, a question from Twitter, and um, I don't know if you guys had spotted this, but I'll go ahead. Oh yeah, I'll let you. You go ahead and just read this out, and you guys can weigh in on this. And I don't even know how to tackle this, but uh, this is from 
Twitter handle at flapping underscore eagle. Uh, his name's Mark. <laughs> and first he's like, hey, you guys taking questions? Like, yes. And he's like, who is the most famous person in Japan? Um, aside from ourselves? Uh, <laughs> no. I pff, yeah. Um, um, I've got a good answer. Um, but I, I kind of talk about this with uh, you know a lot of my students. You know, it's kind of a good test of their awareness of the world. <laughs> is that you know, you get you 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 regale you know a few Japanese celebrities and you say like, okay, how famous do you think um, Ayumi Hamazaki is in America or in Europe? And they go, oh, she's pretty big. Yeah, yeah, she's probably really well known in Europe. I'm like, um, that's, that's Breathe, how, Christ. That's how, that's how most of my lessons go. No, but like, um, yeah, so obviously that person would have very little awareness of the outside world because no one's heard of a Ayumi Hamazaki outside of Japan and maybe South Korea. Or even and, in my apartment, I don't even know. Yeah, she's, she's like, you know, Lady Gaga, but, you know, in Japan. Yeah, right? Sure, why not? Um, but yeah, probably the most famous world like known by older people and younger people is um, an old guy called Minamonta. Um, he hosted, he he hosts all the kind of big you know award shows and things. He's, he's like um, for for me and Cyrus, he would be the equivalent of Chris Tarrant. Um, for Danny, it would be uh, God. I'm just trying to blank. I'm blanking on American. Yeah, Weird Al Yankovic. once. The guy did Wheel of Fortune. Whiter dude. <laughs> Pat Sajak. No. Yes, him. Oh, he didn't have a mustache. No, I don't think so. You might be, getting, like, you might be getting mixed up with Alex Trebek and. Pat That's Sajak. the one I'm getting mixed up with. <laughs> Jeopardy. Ah, dude, it's cool. Dick, Cl Dick Clark, maybe something like that. Before my time, son. <laughs> but someone like that, this this Minamonta guy, you know, he's he's like super famous, like everyone knows him. He hosted like the Japanese version of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Oh, okay. Uh, things like that. You know. Well, if if you wanted to talk about just biggest worldwide reach with Japanese people, I mean, I think the obvious, one of the most obvious, one of the most well known would be you know Ken Watanabe. <laughs> I think, uh, you know, he's a, kind of a famous movie star. He's been in several Hollywood movies. People. Don't there's lots of people who don't like him though because he's famous in America or in the West more than he is in Japan. Yeah, like, but I guess like, it depends on the question. Like, oh, sucking up to the sucking up to the whiteies again, you know, in the Godzilla movie. <laughs> I would interpret that question as being who is the most famous person in Japan if you live in Japan. Ah, uh, right, okay. Right. And I don't think Ken Watanabe is that guy. You know, no, no, I wouldn't do that. I mean, people, yeah. People still know him. I mean, most Japanese oh, sure, sure. know him. And, you know, he, he's been in more than just Hollywood movies. I mean, he was in, like, some kind of, uh, what the heck do you, oh, my God. Uh, I can't think of actually, his, his name. His daughter is actually more well-known on Japanese TV because she's, she's like a, you know, a minor celebrity that, you know, goes on all these you know, stupid chat shows and variety shows that, sure. you know, make me want to rip my own eyes out um, that are on Japanese TV every night. Well, yeah, who's that one DX uh, deluxe or whatever one? Let's go DX. Yeah, she's she's pretty famous, but I don't know if she's the most famous. Yeah. Infamous. <laughs> Infamous. Then you That's got like the, yeah. <laughs> well, then you got stuff like guys that have been around for a long time, like you know Beat Takeshi, 
Um, yeah. He started out as like, you know, Manzai comedian type of guy, and then he did like Yakuza movies, and then he was in a bike accident and screwed up his face. But I was watching a TV program tonight, and it showed like different, uh, like his Manzai routine from like back in like the 70s. He's wearing this awesome orange like tuxedo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was pretty That guy's pretty funny. I mean, yeah. actually, I think I think we nailed it. B Takeshi is a good one because he's mm-hmm. super well known by everyone in Japan and people even in the West know him. So, yeah. and if maybe, you, yeah, for different yeah. reasons, but you know, he's right. known everywhere. But maybe one thing that people could know him from in the West, uh, the movie Battle Royale, he's yeah, the yeah, teacher. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. like that's where I know him from. He that was my first intro intro to him. Yeah, I had no idea that he did comedy stuff until my wife showed me this video, because I guess, okay, <laughs> this is kind of going off on a little bit of a weird tangent, but I guess <laughs> back in like the 80s, there's this guy in Japan named Wiki, and I don't remember where he was from, but his thing he, was... He like, started off a huge website. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he started made a website. No, um, and he what he did was he went around for like, he had like a five-minute slot on like NHK or something to go around and try to talk to people in English and try to get them to talk to them at like, you know, 7.30 in the morning when people are like going to work. And he'd go to all sorts of different places and stuff and bother people like, oh, good morning, I'm Wiki. And just like being an asshole is kind of humorous. And one time... Suddenly, suddenly he lost his life in New York. <laughs> <laughs> this, I mean, this is not a Japanese guy. This is a like foreigner who's doing this. So that's like intimidating. Oh, okay. But one time when he was going around doing this, like the, the station had to have known this because they had beat Takeshi running around in like this ninja outfit, <laughs> like a plastic sword. And he just kept going up and like bothering this wiki guy. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then the guy, I mean, because he has five minutes, he's trying his damnedest to like get somebody to talk to him, you know. And then Beat Takeshi is just like fucking around, just being an asshole. But <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> but. Or how about Hard Gay? That's another five minute TV show guy. <laughs> he's pretty well known. <laughs> Razor Ramon, Hard Gay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Okay, this is a real thing. We're not just being like, you know... Oh, yeah, I'm not like just being like horrible and saying, like, calling, oh, yeah, hard gay. No, that's a real dude. Like, he's a, he's a guy. Yeah. Hard gay is like everything I hate about Japanese celebrities and TV encapsulated <laughs> in one human being. One <laughs> tight, leather-clad fishnet wearing... <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yes. It's like, it's like, it's pol- politically incorrect. It's... <laughs> Annoying. It's stupid. It's unfunny. It's it's everything that I hate about Japanese TV. I mean, yeah. Hard. I mean, hard gay means like, basically, it's like a it's a Japanese English phrase, and it's like he's super hardcore, in your face, uh, homosexual person. That's basically what he's going His for. His perception of what what yeah, but basically, he's a straight guy, and he wears leather bondage gear and. <laughs> Hang, hangs around with with kids, yeah. Doing doing cookery shows. Oh yeah, man! When he went to the playground that time, it was great. Yeah, <laughs> it's just oh god, yeah, <laughs> hard game. <sighs> Infamous, more than famous, I think. Yeah, yeah. To to give credit to Japanese TV, they have improved a lot. There was you know, on recently there was that Mamoru Clover Z thing where they did the blackface comedy routine on their. Uh, Oh, and they cancelled it, right? Yeah, man, that's progress. They almost got to television, but didn't quite make it. So, that's a big step. Yeah, somebody's paying attention. It just took the combined 
horrible moral outcry of like the entire planet on the internet. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, I think we talked about that, didn't we? We did. We did. We yeah. Did, we did talk about that. But yeah, there you go. That's famous people. So yeah, Japanese people, uh, in general, generally speaking, just uh, painting everyone with the same brush here. But like, generally speaking, are unaware that a Japanese celebrities are only famous in Japan, and you know, uh, b you know, we, <laughs> they, yeah, the the general status of Japanese TV and movies are not that well known outside of Japan, you know, in general. So. Um, it comes as a shock. It's like, whoa! You, you've never, you've never seen this variety show, or you've never seen this cookery show. You never heard of Smap? You know, it's like, you know, you don't know the talking... movie Dive. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so yeah, um, maybe yeah, blissfully unaware. But also, yeah, it's it's kind of funny sometimes to to uh, ask people about that. But like <laughs> another thing, kind of tangent to this, but like. Also, like animation, animated movies, like Western animated movies, like Disney movies and stuff, they often change the voice actors completely. <clears throat> well, yeah, often they always do. Um, you know, so something like Toy Story, for example. You know, Woody is voiced by Tom Hanks, but not in Japan. So you'll be like, you'll you'll ask him like, oh, you like you like Tom Hanks, so like he, like Toy Story, and you like Toy Story, and like what? <laughs> you know, they they won't get what you're talking about. You know, it's like. Oh, you don't know who voices Woody? Oh, you don't know the guy who voices Buzz Lightyear? They got no concept of you know, the actual original voice actors and the facial. They're actually based on that, you know, facial-wise, right? Mm. So it's kind of uh, it's kind of funny. So yeah, it's kind of a bubble. Japan is a bubble. <laughs> Danny's checking his phone. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> it's, it's dinner time. That's all it says on it, right? Yeah, it's dinner time. <laughs> Remember to eat. That's his reminder. No, he's, he's doing research. He's checking to see who the Japanese voice actor for Woody is. This yes. is why information. <laughs> um, yeah, beat Takeshi, actually. Speak of the devil. No, <laughs> not. <laughs> that would be awesome. That would be. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much all we got for the day. So we can go ahead and close out with uh, Twitter handles and stuff. Um, well, God, I, I've been so busy, at, well, kind of, sometimes, <laughs> that I haven't been really posting much on Twitter. But if you want to follow me, you can follow me at Danny Biv. That's D-A-N-N-Y-B as in boy I-V. Of course, you can follow the Famicast at the Famicast. Um, James. So, yeah, um, I think this was tweeted to me, but... It mentioned the Famicast, so it shows up in the Famicast feed here. But a guy called Joe Bananas. Um, <laughs> oh no, that's Dread Pirate Stone. Okay. He's uh, he wished us uh, congratulations on four years of bringing Famicast into the world. <clears throat> uh, cheers, cheers to four more, because um, we forgot to mention it maybe last time. But obviously, March 11th is the uh, the earthquake uh, anniversary, but also when Famicast Episode 1 happened. So, yeah, we've been on the air for four years, and, uh, yeah, thanks to Joe Bananas for bring, for, uh, <laughs> for mentioning us. Yep. And, yeah, here's to four more, right, Danny? Exactly. Hopefully we're all alive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
nuclear fallout and all that. So yeah, if you if you want to follow me, uh, you can do so. I find me complicated. <laughs> yeah, I should have mentioned that. Cool. All right, and uh, Cyrus. So I am at Celsi, so C E L L S A I, mm-hmm. and. I've just been retweeting like a motherfucker the last few weeks, it seems. <laughs> I think no, my, no my, original thought. No original uh, thought. Just I, other I, people's. Since St. Patrick's Day was pretty recently, I've been teaching my kids St. Patrick's Day lessons in class. So I had a very factual presentation to show them, and one of the slides is on my t- Twitter showing Jack Sparrow and Gibbs, Gibbs kidnapping St. Patrick and saying, Pirates kidnapped Patrick and stole his money. So... <laughs> You didn't bring Guinness into school, did you? Hmm? You didn't take Guinness into school, did you? It's in my slideshow, but no, I didn't actually bring any. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Unless it's a university. Oh no, high schools. <laughs> I love taunting them with all my drinking stories for St. Patrick's Day. And then saying, but you can't do this. And they all laugh. <laughs> right. right. We've all the been there. The is, I don't even drink. <laughs> <laughs> and you're not actually Irish. Yeah, no accent, no drinking, it's all a lie. Mm-hmm. Makes sense now. The whole thing is just a tourism board thing. I've been excommunicated. <laughs> That's why I'm in Japan. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right, guys, well, I think that's going to um, call it a day, call it a show here. Um, so, James, as always, thanks for coming on, buddy. No Metroid game, sorry. <laughs> And Cyrus, after uh, getting to basically hear your voice over the past couple of episodes or whatnot, it's actually finally good to be able to talk to you, man. I had to ease you in to the, the full majesty of my presence. <laughs> <laughs> so Maybe sure that... Next step is meeting in person. Once you've like you've gotten this much, you can you can see the rest later on. Oh man, I was hoping I'd get like a some kind of a weird show after this after the broadcast <laughs> and stuff, but you know. Have we got some video bonus content? Uh, it, that's a that's a that's a extra purchase. We're easing this in Nintendo style now. That's uh, yes. microtransactions. But this yeah. there's nothing micro about this. I assure you. <laughs> <laughs> Please deposit three quarters now. For video yes. content. Yes. Well, um, as much I'm as I would like to see that, it is about eleven thirty at night, and I should probably eat some dinner. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, I think we're going to go ahead and, again, call it a show. Uh, So thanks, everyone, for listening and watching. And, yeah, we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. I love 
gold. Not confusing at all. With the family crew, but we're at the family crew. We should probably change that. No, it's fine. Yeah, I think we need to work on branding on this show. <laughs> no, absolutely not. <laughs> T-shirts are on Amiibo. Why not? Who so, wouldn't want to buy a Danny Amiibo? My own mother. <laughs> <laughs> What's um, the cricket sound effect when you need it? Oh yeah, I, I'm in control of this stuff, aren't I?